All right, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Ah, uh, good lord. It's Monday night. Uh, we are we are reacting. I haven't written any notes down for this podcast. I am, I am speaking just kind of plainly on this podcast. There was a game that was played. It was on national TV. The Nuggets were losing... Uh, Stephen Curry scored a lot of points. The Nuggets ultimately lost. Uh, we're not going to talk about that at all. There are concerns from that. Um, but what needs to really be talked about is this Jamal Murray injury. Uh, to be clear, we don't know everything that happened. Uh, well, we know what happened, but we don't know the extent of the injury yet. Just describe what happened and... Talk about some of the reactions from the coach, from the players. Uh, after that, I'll just kind of share my thoughts on Jamal, share my thoughts on the season. Uh, and, and we'll just kind of go from there and then spitball. I, I'm not going to podcast for a long time. This is going to be 20 to 30 minutes in that range. Uh, ad free. So Jamal Murray is in the game late in this one. He had... Just come back from right knee soreness, the other knee, to be clear. Came back from that, had missed four games, was trying to get back into the swing of things. Had a really tough job tonight chasing Stephen Curry all around. That was that was difficult. They put Faku Campasso in the game to try to slow down Steph Curry. Nothing could slow down Steph Curry tonight. Uh, but the Nuggets did have it kind of back. And, and while I was on locker room... Uh, doing a locker room show, uh, I was uh, sort of missing what was going on. The Nuggets had kind of tightened it back up a little bit, but we were talking about other things. And when one of the people on the program, I believe it was Omar, uh, reacted in in a really ugly, like just kind of a gasp and, 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 and an oh no uh, at Jamal going down, I hadn't fully seen it because my feed wasn't up to up to the time I saw the injury it kind of as it occurred and it, it was as ugly as you could expect it to be the Nuggets were down seven Jamal Murray's trying to make a play late in the game about a minute minute and a half left and he drives through the lane puts pressure on his left knee and and it looked like it buckled under him and there is not a lot to like about that kind of injury for obvious reasons, like it's it's the most it's the most horrific looking injury in sports right now. Uh, the word ACL is going to be thrown out there again. We don't know exactly what happened, but Jamal goes down to the ground, grabs at his left knee, screaming in pain, just writhing there, and it was very very painful to watch. Everybody stopped what they were doing, basically. Uh, everybody looked horrified, and the vibe on the court just watching it was really bad. Uh, we saw a couple replays, and they looked even worse. Just kind of the, the non-contact nature, putting pressure on the hardwood with his feet, uh, putting pressure on that knee, and, and it just kind of, like, just kind of giving. Um, it was really, really painful to watch, and... I hope that he is okay. I hope that we are all overreacting for nothing. 
I hope that he's back in in a Nuggets jersey before this before the playoffs, before everything starts up again. The playoffs start in about a month or so. Uh, I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect us to get that news. And and from the sound of it, from the Nuggets, uh, from the locker room, it doesn't sound good. Uh, Michael Malone said uh, thoughts and prayers with them. He was just heartbroken. Uh, said that they didn't know that they were going to get more imaging from a hospital in San Francisco to try. Like, you usually have to let the swelling reduce before kind of evaluating an injury like that. But you can generally get a good idea after about 12 to 24 hours. So we'll probably hear within that time frame of when I'm recording this podcast just before midnight. But uh, the, the vibe in the locker room was subdued. Everyone just wanted to know if Jamal was okay. There was no need to worry about the basketball game. They'll do that later. Everybody is is very much in Jamal Murray's corner on this and and wanting to see whether he can come out of this and and be healthier than it appears. Because this is gut-wrenching. This is heartbreaking. From a personal standpoint here, I feel pretty connected to Jamal. I feel the most connected to him of anyone on the team. And it's just heartbreaking because... He hasn't gotten enough credit for everything that he has done in a Nuggets uniform, for everything that he has proved, for everything he has shown, uh, for the the amount that he sacrificed to try to play Jokic ball as well as he possibly can. He could be averaging 25-5-5 somewhere. He hasn't done that yet because it's it's been about the team. It's been about contributing to a championship-caliber team. And he has done so much for this group, put this team on his back in the playoffs, in the bubble. Multiple years in the playoffs before that too, before he was even ready for it as a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, he had to go to work. He had to go to war against some really good playoff talent, some really good playoff defenses, and came out the other side of it just as a new player and somebody who clearly had star potential still has star potential. Look at the bubble. Look at what he did in that environment. With the lights as bright as they were, with the odds stacked against Denver as much as they were going down 3-1 in two separate series, he was the heartbeat that brought Denver back. He's the heart and soul of Denver, of this Nuggets team. As much as Nikola Jokic and and his vibe is sort of infectious with how Denver operates, he is their system, he is who they they revolve around. Jamal Murray is that, he's the, the fire. He's the passion that the Nuggets play with every single day. And to watch him go down like that, it just, it breaks my heart. We don't know the full extent of the injury. We can only guess. I don't. It's it's tough not to speculate on something like this, even though it's it's probably professional not to. I just think that this changes a lot for where De- where Denver is at, for what they're trying to do, for how they approach this season. Uh, it's just very very painful. Let's just let's take some some take some stock in what Jamal Murray's like 
what his progression has been like through the league. He was a rookie drafted 7th overall by the Nuggets in 2016. They had already committed to Emmanuel Moutier the year before, but had some some uh, uh, serious buyer investment uh, failure vibes. They knew from the jump that they had something with Jamal Murray. The way that he carried himself, how competitive he was, how skilled he was, there was this feeling in their locker room, in the front office, that he was a guy that they just needed to give some time. They just needed to commit to him, and he would continue to develop. I remember one of his first games. uh, I remember how he started his career. Uh, He went 0 of 18 in the first four, four-plus games of his season, and everybody thought the sky was falling. And and, uh, Michael Malone put his arm around him, basically, and said, I'm not worried about your jump shot because you're too good of a shooter not to have those shots drop. Just keep worrying on doing the other stuff and the shot will eventually come. And it did. He's one of the best shooters already in Nuggets history. Somebody who is as lethal as anybody in the league when he gets hot. He showed that in his rookie year. I remember a specific game against the Chicago Bulls where he had like 24 points in just a a very brief stretch of time coming off the bench was just on fire. That was the first time that he really showed it. I remember the second season where he took over as a starter. The Nuggets traded Jameer Nelson to free up time for Jamal Murray because they knew how important he would be. And he was, and it wasn't perfect all the time, but they discovered Jokic ball and they, they discovered that they didn't need a true point guard in order to be the best team that they could be. Because Jamal Murray was too talented not to play on the court. And while Gary Harris was a better player at the time, it was pretty clear, especially to me, that Jamal Murray was the guy that they were going to go to when the going got tough. It was Jokic and it was Murray. And that was learned pretty quickly. I remember his performance in the the Gary Harris game-winner game on February 1st, 2018, where he knocked Steven Adams to the ground with a cross or with a with a step back move, just broke his ankles. Hit a nasty three and just was was as fiery as you could be. In that game, he went toe-to-toe with Paul George, with Russell Westbrook, went right at those guys, scored 30 plus points, including a lot in the clutch as a second-year player. Gary Harris, of course, hit the game winner. Jokic had a big triple-double that game, but Jamal Murray was as much a part of that game and a part of that win as any of those guys. At the end of the season in Game 82, Jamal Murray was one of the players that stepped up in that game. That's when I knew he would be a gamer. When the going got tough, Game 82, winner go home, he stepped up and didn't shy away from any moment because he was built like that, made for those moments. Next season, kind of gets off to a, a struggling start, trying to expand his game as more of a ball handler. Denver has a lot of guys go down. Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap. It was at that point that they really discovered the Jokic-Murray two-man game where they had to run their dance in order to make this work. 
in order to be the best team that they could be. They knew that they needed Jamal Murray at his peak. And that showed in the playoffs, 2018-19 playoffs, where Jamal Murray had one of the worst games and one of the worst kind of seven-quarter stretches I've ever seen from a player like that. But in the fourth quarter of Game 2 against the San Antonio Spurs, he goes 8 of 9 from the field, scores 21 points, gets as hot as anybody ever can. And at that point, it felt like the Nuggets unlocked something. Where it couldn't be stopped. Where you knew that when Jamal Murray was on, he was going to destroy you. He was going to kill. I remember, he. it's, it's one of the forgotten moments, but in Game 7 of that series against the Spurs. Jokic and Murray run the two-man game. They're up two with about 30 seconds left. Two-man game, two-man game, pitch and catch, dribble handoffs. Jokic gets the ball, gives it back to Jamal Murray. He drives into the lane, or just outside the lane, and throws up a a sky floater, just something that touched the rafters over LaMarcus Aldridge, and it drops perfectly through the net. Ice the game. Denver wins. They move on to the second round. First time that they'd moved on to the second round since 2008-2009. And it was Jamal Murray who hit the clutch shot. Goes toe-to-toe with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the next series. I thought he outplayed Damian Lillard in that series. CJ McCollum just went bonkers. Hit so many shots in Game 7. It was... was Unbelievable what C.J. McCollum did. But I'll never forget Jamal Murray after that awful Game 3 loss where they went to four overtimes and ultimately lost it. Jamal Murray came back, scored 34 points in back-to-back Game 4 and Game 5 performances. It was just an absolute unit at 22 years old. Carried the Nuggets through a lot of their stretch. Obviously, they get eliminated in that. Obviously, he starts out slow in the 2019-20 season. Picks picks it up a little bit right before the season gets halted. Then the bubble happens. And Jamal Murray goes off in the first game. Does a great job, fourth quarter in overtime. That's a forgotten performance. If you want to go watch Jamal Murray highlights, watch Game 1 of the Jazz Nuggets first round series. And watch the fourth quarter in overtime and what Jamal Murray does. It's incredible. And that's not even the best part of that series because Game 4, with the Nuggets down 2-1, Jamal Murray scores 50 points and Denver loses. Game 5 scores 42 points, 0 turnovers. Denver wins. They stay alive. Game 6, 50 points, 0 turnovers. Denver wins, gives an emotional interview about racial injustice, shows off his shoes of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. These shoes give me life. We found something worth fighting for. Those were the words of Jamal Murray in that set, in that system, in that uh in that bubble environment. Game 7, he helps gut out a Nuggets win. It was a really ugly game. He shot poorly. Is what it is. 
all Game 7s are ugly, let's be honest. And then Denver's in a situation where they're definitely the underdog against the Clippers. They are definitely a team that you have no idea what you're going to get against a team that is probably more talented, probably better. But the Nuggets, they had more heart. They had more connective tissue. And that was all because, not all, but a lot of it was because and can be credited to Jamal Murray, who was up and down in that series. But as the series went on, he was awesome. Nikola Jokic was awesome. Without those two, they don't last game four. But with those two going, the Nuggets were unbeatable. And in game seven of that series, Jokic has a mean triple-double. 16 points, 13 re- thirteen assists, 22 rebounds. Jamal Murray has 40 points in Game 7 against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and anyone else who was unfortunate to step on the Clippers roster at that point. Jamal Murray brought it. He took the Clippers down. It was an incredible performance. And it didn't stop there because against the Lakers, he was a better player than Nikola Jokic in all of those games. I'm pretty sure every single one. He brought it. Murray was incredible. Went right at the Lakers. Wasn't scared of the moment and was always looking to hunt his shot and create shots for others too. He didn't shy away from the Western Conference Finals against LeBron James. They needed LeBron James to guard Jamal Murray. They didn't have any other answer for him other than that. Denver's lone win in that series. He gets isolated against Anthony Davis on the left wing, and he hits a dagger three that touched the rafters over Anthony freaking Davis. Obviously, that season didn't end the way that Nuggets fans hoped, but it gave them hope that this core, this group together, Jokic, Murray, and soon Michael Porter, that they could do so many different things. This season, Murray started slow. He had a little bit of time where he needed just to to get into the season a little bit. And once he did, once he kind of recovered from a uh, from a, a head injury, an eye injury, a face injury, a sh- an elbow injury that he sustained when, when getting just trucked by Jay Sean Tate in the third game of the season. Once he recovered from that, he became Bubble Jamal again. Took him a little bit, but he was in there. He was always in there. And Jamal Murray unlocked just so many parts of his game that he had showed he could do in the bubble, people questioned whether it was real. It was real, all right. And Jamal Murray proved exactly that. He was on track for a borderline all-NBA performance with where the Nuggets were finishing, with what they were doing. He was, he was on track for at least a borderline performance. At least some credit. He was definitely on track for an all-star appearance next year. His first. Now, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Because I don't know what the extent of this injury is. And I hope that they continue to 
be cautious with him and try to figure this thing out. It doesn't look good, though. Uh, Mike Singer just tweeted out that the Nuggets aren't expecting an update on Jamal Murray tonight. They'll probably wait for results tomorrow on him. But I think everybody's expecting the worst in this case. They're hoping for the best. Don't get me wrong, and so am I. But it did not look good. And I hope I am wrong. I hope for all that is holy that I am wrong. He means a lot to Nuggets fans, to this Nuggets team, and to me personally. He's an incredible player, but somebody who really grew up as a person, who's just a couple months younger than I am. Crazy to think about. All right, let's transition in. If if he is out for an extended period of time, there are going to be a lot of ripple effects with this Nuggets team. Uh, first and foremost, kind of in the short term, they'll start Monte Morris. They're not going to start Faku Campazo. They will start Monte Morris, and they'll play him a lot of minutes. And whether he staggers with the second unit, whether they, they try to figure that out, whatever. They'll try to pivot. They'll they'll If Murray isn't available for the rest of the year, Monte Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, that'll be the starting unit that they take into the playoffs. And they can still win games with that starting unit. It's just going to get a whole heck of a lot harder. Because if you're relying on a guy like Jamal, it's just really tough to replace a guy like that. There is a possibility that they can. It's not out of the woods. But it's going to take a whole heck of a lot of growth from Michael Porter very quickly. He's taken more shots lately. Had his role expand when Jamal was off the floor. He's going to have to step up. Nikola Jokic, he'll have to step up even more too. There's going to be a lot of pressure on those guys to try to pick up the slack overall. Because Jamal's leaving 21 points. Incredible dynamic scoring and floor spacing. uh, And secondary playmaking for others. He's leaving all that off the table, or on the shelf. And Will Barton's another guy who's going to have to step up. If Monte Morris fills in that spot, he's going to have to step up. In the short term, you definitely expect, though, that Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., they're going to get a crash course in getting to know each other well. They're going to be running a lot of plays with each other. They're going to be trying to figure out the best way to optimize Porter in this situation. They know how to optimize Jokic, and Jokic is a good enough player that he can figure this out. But he is better when Jamal Murray's on the floor. There's no question about that. Those two have a great synergy, and they feed off of each other. The Nuggets are going to have to find a way to get Jokic into a good place where he can be great all on his own. He'll still be good. It's just very painful to think about right now. I hope long-term, if this is what I think it is, that Murray probably won't be on the floor to start next year either. Um, it's tough to think about, and you don't want to like, like look, look at me speculating again, but you don't want to speculate too much, but... 
again, this could be franchise altering. And when you think about moments like that, it's it's hard to fully comprehend just what's going to happen in this case and whether some of this is going to change things very drastically. But I am thinking that this is going to have major ripple effects for the entire Nuggets organization. We're going to see if they can handle it. Fortunately, Jamal Murray is under contract. He's got guaranteed money. He's going to be taken care of. This isn't a situation where he's going to lose a lot of money because of this. He got paid. The Nuggets did right by him, and they paid him, and he earned it. Um, I hope that he takes the time that he needs to get back to 100%, because this is going to be a long process, I fear. There's not much more to say other than that. Uh, we'll, we'll know the full extent of the injury in all likelihood tomorrow. Or not, maybe not the full extent, not like timetable or anything like that, but you could guess at that point depending on what the actual injury is. And we'll probably find out what the injury is tomorrow in full extent. So I'm probably going to sign off here. Not a lot more to say. Uh, let's just say prayers up for Jamal. Hope that he's doing okay. Uh and send him your love on Twitter. Send him, uh, send him all the messages you can. All the good and positive vibes because he deserves it. He's been a warrior. He's fought for this Nuggets organization and for his teammates and for his coaches and for the fans. He's fought. He's a warrior. Absolute warrior. And I wish nothing but the best for him. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you for tuning in to my uh, definite, just uh, not very unprofessional thoughts on this, but I wanted to get something out. I wanted to talk about it and just share like what this, what Jamal means to me in kind of a, a less formal way because he's incredible and deserves all the love. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, I will likely be podcasting tomorrow, depending on the severity of the injury and, and what uh, what we find out. We'll talk to you guys soon.